and like a nice buffet, today we have lots of different passages to think about. So um, listen, please, as we go through the passages. From John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. And from Philippians 4.4, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. From Romans 8.28, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to his purpose. And from Mark 10, verse 45, for even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. May God bless the reading of his word. Please be seated. Rejoice. What is the other phrase? <laughs> I picked the easy one. Well, joy to every one of you. Dallas Willard, an American philosopher, also known for his writings on Christian spiritual formation and professor of philosophy at USC, for 48 years, he wrote about God's continual joy in his book, The Divine Conspiracy. He said, while I was teaching in South Africa some time ago, a young man named Matthew Dickerson took me out to see the beaches near his home in Port Elizabeth. I was totally unprepared for the experience. I had been beaches. Also, I thought, but when we came over the rise where the sea and the land opened up to us, I stood in stunned silence and then slowly walked toward the waves. Words cannot capture the view that confronted me. I saw space and light and texture and color and power that seemed hardly of this earth. Gradually, there crept into my mind the realization that God sees this all the time. He sees it. He experiences it. He knows it from every possible point of view. This and billions of other scenes like this and unlike it. In this and billions of other worlds, Great tidal waves of joy must constantly wash through his being. Wow, what a description. On that note, we really need to get out, uh, but not right now. Get out outside and experience God in his creation. Soak in his beauty and his joy. It is my prayer that you fall deeper in love with God and more connected to Him and to His joy, and you stay joyful. Life in the kingdom of God ought to be characterized by joyful living, not because life on earth is perfect. No, it's not perfect, but because joy is the product of a life surrendered to and in communion with God. 
as also A.C. Lewis, he puts it, God gives what he has, not what he has not. He gives the happiness there is, not the happiness there is not. The most wise king of Israel, King Solomon, he says in Proverbs 17.22, A joyful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. Agree or not, joy plays an extremely important part in our lives, in your family, in your school, uh, in your workplace, and in your community, our community. Life is short, and everyone decides to experience joy. What is joy anyway? Is it just a synonym for happiness? Why is it important? First, let's take a look at the, the dictionary. Let's the Miriam Webster's dictionary and see how the world defines joy. There it is. It says, joy is the emotion evoked by well-being, success, and good fortune, or by the prospect of possessing what one desires. In other words, the world defines joy as something that depends on success, accomplishment, wealth, circumstances, a stable job, fame, possession, how other people see us, and so on. Let's hear from Ed Diner. He's the... Uh, Distinguished Professor Emeritus of Psychology at the University of Illinois. In his written article, Psychologists Discover What Makes People Happy. Dr. Diner reported the finding in his research. He said, materialism is toxic for happiness. Even rich materialists aren't as happy as those who care less about getting and spending. Wow, what a finding, what a research. Let me ask you this question. Which one is happier? Winning a $3 million lottery or receiving Christ as personal savior? Let me repeat this. Which is, happy, which is happier? Winning a $3 million lottery or receiving Christ as your personal savior. Now I want you to be honest with yourself. Do not let the fact that you are now sitting here in the sanctuary <laughs> influence or change your answer. You know what the answer is. Psychologists, they have found that the external excitement, external excitement, or the joy defined by the world normally lasts only two years. Afterward, the person's state of euphoria would return to the same level as two years ago. So, what is joy? Let's look at the definition what biblical joy is. The Elwell's Dictionary of Christian Theology defined joy this way. 
It says, joy is not only not controlled by external circumstances. Joy is the gift from God. Joy is the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Joy is not like emotion that does not last. Joy is still there with the person, even when the person is in pains or weaknesses. Weakness helps the person to totally trust and obey God. The kind of joy defined by the Elwell's dictionary is the Christian joy or the lasting joy. It is different from the joy of the world. Christian joy is not something that, that you experience intermittently, but all the time because it's lasting joy. When the Apostle Paul was locked up in the prison, he was in jail, a place where no one would call fun or happy. There is no freedom. Yet, Paul was quite joyful. I once read an article entitled, Joy in the Midst of Sorrow, published by Intervarsity, written by uh, Linson Daniel. And here's an excerpt from what Linson uh, wrote. Sorrow finds its way into our lives. We all face it at some point, often sooner than later. Sometimes it is personal. Sometimes it is communal. But it is always painful. And often, pain strikes us when we least expect. It also changes us. Pain reveals humanity's brokenness. It casts light on our frailty and finite finiteness. Yet as I take time to reflect, my memories are coupled with another emotion. In the sorrow, there is a glimmer of something uh, that is hard to explain. If I'm not careful, I will miss it every time. It is feeling that is both far away and very present. It is both overwhelming and hard to pinpoint. It is not happiness. It is akin to peace. But it is not that either. It is deeper and more uh, encompassing than both. It seems to be an unexplainable deep sense of goodness and hope. This feeling has a name. It is joy. And quite frankly, it feels like an unexpected visitor. What is joy doing here? In the midst of my deep sorrow and pain, we tend to overlook joy, or perhaps we do not recognize it. Maybe because joy has been reduced to a synonym for happiness. But joy, more than that, happiness is directly uh, is, uh, dictated by circumstances. Joy is not. Happiness is triggered from outside of us. Joy is cultivated within us. Happiness apps and flows. Joy is constant and ever-present. 
Joy comes from a relationship with Jesus. Joy is the fruit of God's work in our lives. It is connected to the person and character of God. Therefore, joy is present in our deepest sorrow and grief. It is the fragrance of Emmanuel, God with us. Praise God and thank Him for Linson's sharing. It is probably safe to say that every person who ever has lived desires a joyful life, other than perhaps odd or unusual exception. None of us wants to go through life being miserable. If we are to have uh, lasting joy, we need to have a relationship with God and do the following. First, know Jesus and receive Him as Lord and Savior. John 3.16, For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have eternal life. Why do we celebrate Christmas? The answer is, we celebrate Christmas in honor of the birth of Jesus Christ in Bethlehem. The truth and the historical fact is that Jesus was born about 5 B.C. In Luke chapter 2, verses 10 and 11, the angel who appears to the shepherds uh, the night of Jesus' birth said, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, and will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. We celebrate Christmas because the angel said the birth of Jesus Christ is what? It's good news. Good news is meant to be celebrated. In fact, the angel said the news of Jesus' birth would cause great joy and would be for all, all the people. The joyful celebration would be universal, worldwide. People around the world would be glad for this occasion. We celebrate Christmas because the angel said, A Savior has been born to us. He is the Messiah, the Lord. The three titles the angels apply to Jesus are important. Jesus, the Savior, who delivers us from sin and death. He is the human Messiah who fulfills the law and the prophets, showing that God is faithful, and He is the divine Lord who has entered our world. He's here. The Almighty has taken on human flesh. God and man have been reconciled and fused together in an indivisible eternal bond. God is truly with us. Dear friends, and for this reason, we celebrate Christmas. If we, are, if we are have to, to have everlasting or lasting joy, great joy from God, we need to have a relationship with God by first receiving His love, His salvation, 
through receiving Jesus Christ as our personal Savior. A professional counselor once said, and I agree, he said, the reason for joy is because you know you are loved. Does someone love you? The reason for joy is because you know you are loved. Truly, it's a person. If a person does not feel being loved, it would be very difficult for the person to really have joy. If a person felt worthless in the eyes of others, no matter what good things happen to this person, he or she would, would feel that no one cared for him or her, and he or she would not experience joy. Many people, unfortunately, committed suicide because they felt no one cared for them. No one loved them. As for Christians, we should experience and also appreciate the feelings of being loved. God loves us, and he gives us all the good things in life to enjoy. He even gave his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, to die for us. On that day, about 2,000 years ago, down the Via Dolorosa, the way of suffering, all the way to Calvary, Jesus chose to walk the road out of his love for you and me, for the world. He sacrificed his life on the cross for you and for me and for the world, so that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Romans 8.32 reads, He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Praise God. Out of the love of mankind, God is willing to forgive our iniquities through sacrificing our Lord Jesus Christ. God is love. He loves us. He is willing to forgive and give us all things, good things. But you need to receive his salvation through receiving Jesus as your personal Savior if you have not already done so. If we are to enjoy a joyful life, second, you need to rejoice in the Lord always. Philippians 4.4, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I, I will say it, rejoice. When Paul said, rejoice in the Lord always, he really meant it, always, not sometimes. The joy of the Lord should be with you, with me, with us, all the time. Rejoice in the Lord means rejoice in the Lord, not rejoice in me, in ourselves, no not in personal success, not in personal accomplishment, wealth, a stable job, fame, or possession. Rejoice in the Lord demands us to trust Him, trust our Lord, our God. When we do that, the peace of God 
the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Verse 7, same chapter. So verses 4 and 7 of Philippians 4 remind us, reminds us that we are really limited, we finite, we're limited, that we cannot produce real or lasting joy ourselves. No matter how talented you are, you are only human. We must realize that life is full of hardship. Life is full of injustice. If we did not have Jesus Christ with us to strengthen us in times of trouble, to help us in time of justice, I don't think we can bear this life, let alone enjoy it. At times, even Christians, we lose joy. We cannot rejoice in the Lord. And the reason for that, we have not learned to fully, fully put our trust in Him. We need to let go all our problems and worry, not just 10%, 50%, 99%, all 100%, and let God have His way in our lives. He will see us through, and that's a promise. As the Apostle Peter says in 1 Peter 5, 7, casting all your anxieties on Him because He cares for you. In his book, The Wisdom of Tenderness, Brandon Manning tells the following story about a person by the name Edward Farrell. And he's an excerpt from the book. Several years ago, Edward Farrell of Detroit took his two-week vacation to Ireland to celebrate his favorite uncle's 80th birthday. On the morning of the great day, Ed and his uncle got up before dawn, dressed, dressed in silence and went for a walk along the shore of Kilarnium. Uh, and just as the sun rose, the sun rose, his uncle turned and stared straight at the rising orb, the rising sun. Ed stood beside him for 20 minutes with not a single word exchanged. Then the elderly uncle began to skip along the shoreline. 80 years old, remember. <laughs> skip along the shoreline, a radiant smile on his face. After catching up with him, Ed commented, Uncle Samus, you look very happy. Do you want to tell me why? Yes, lad, the old man said, tears washing down his face. You see, the father is fond of me. Ah, my father is very fond of me. Praise God for such a great story. To have lasting joy is to trust the Lord and rejoice in Him. We are to enjoy a joyful life. Third, we need to obey the guidance of God and accept His arrangements. Romans 8.28 And we know that for those who love God, 
all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. Psychologists have pointed out that people know how to rejoice because they know what they, what they possess has value. What they have, what they possess, it has value, such as knowledge, such as family, relationship, material, uh, materialist things, etc. If, if you cannot find anything of value in life, you cannot have joy, so said the, uh, the psychologists. But you know what? As Christians, we should have joy because we have Christ in our lives. As Paul says in Philippians 3.8, he said, Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ. What Paul means is that we, Christians, have found the surpassing, priceless value of life in Christ Jesus. We can have our Lord Jesus Christ in our hearts today only because our Lord, only because our Lord obeyed the guidance of our Heavenly Father. Even when, he was, when Christ was persecuted, when he was put in jail, nailed on the cross, and buried, but we praise God that our Lord Jesus Christ, he rose again from the death so that we who believe in him can have eternal life. Our Lord Jesus Christ, he accepted the arrangement of our heavenly Father. Paul knows and accepts the fact that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him. Uh, who have been called according to his purpose. Therefore, brothers and sisters, no matter how bad a situation you might be in at times, trust him, trust God. He is still the same loving and merciful God. If he chose to put us in some tough situation, he wanted to equip, to benefit all those who love him. As Paul says in Philippians 4.11, For I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. Whatever situation I am to be content. So obey the guidance of God. Accept his arrangement. Dr. Richard Foster's book, Celebration of Discipline, The Path to Spiritual Growth. In the last chapter of this book, he talked about the path to joy, the path to joy. And he writes, in the spiritual life, only one thing will produce genuine joy, and that is obedience. Another one. Joy comes through obedience to Christ, and joy results from obedience to Christ. Without obedience, joy is hollow. 
and artificial. And another one. Joy is not found in singing a particular kind of music or getting with the right kind of group or even in exercising the charismatic gifts of the Spirit. Good as all those may be, joy is found in obedience. To have lasting joy is to obey the God's guidance, accept God's arrangements in life. We are to enjoy a joyful life. Number four, and this is the last point I want to make, we need to live a life of giving. We need to live a life of giving. Mark 10, 45, For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as ransom for many. For all us parents here, or grandparents, <laughs> we learned that giving is the source of joy. We give, we sacrifice ourselves numerous, you know, numerous times for the sake of our children's well-being. We don't mind doing that. For when we, are, when we see that they are happy, we rejoice with them. So ye children, small children, take note of that. The life of Jesus is full of joy. Even when he was, he was looked down upon, when he was persecuted. And that's because he came to this world not to be served, but to serve. And even to give his life as ransom for many. When you give something worthwhile, you have joy. Let me repeat this. When you give something worthwhile, you have joy. When Jesus commanded us to go out and witness for him, to preach the good news, we are giving out something that is the most worthwhile and most needed in this world. By the way, did you know that generosity is the most talk-about value in the entire Bible? Statistic, let me give you some. The word faith, or in its variation, is used about 246 times in the Bible. The word hope is another important word in our Christian life, is used 185 times. The word love, which is obviously an important word to those of us who are believers, is used 733 times. And the word give, or giving, is used 2,285 times in the Bible. The Bible talks more about gift and giving than any of those other issues. Why? Because giving is the expression of faith. Giving is the expression of faith, not just faith, also hope and also love. In other words, giving, expression of faith, hope, and love. Carl Menninger, the distinguished psychiatrist, 
who founded the world-renowned Menninger Clinic, he said, giving is an important criteria of mental health. Generous people are rarely mentally ill. Wow, believe that? <laughs> yes, okay, John, after we'll take us out for lunch. <laughs> you shall, <laughs> and you stay healthy. <laughs> this is really another benefit of giving. Isn't that great? If we live a life of giving, investing our time, our energy, and our money on spreading gospel, spreading the gospel, the good news, then we know for sure we're not going to live an empty life. To Christians, nothing is more worthwhile than spreading the good news, to tell the world about the love of God and about a life that is full of abundance, meaning, yes, full of joy. Let us all live a life of giving. Today we live, I mean, today we light the Advent candle of joy. It reminds us that Jesus Christ is the one who brings true and everlasting joy. It is my prayer that everyone in this sanctuary can find joy in living through our Lord Jesus Christ. If we, are to have, if we are to have lasting joy, we need to have a relationship with God. We need to receive God's salvation through receiving Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. We need to rejoice in our Lord always. And we need to obey the guidance of God and accept His arrangements. And last but not least, and we need to live a life of giving. Let us bow our head in prayer. Dear brothers and sisters and friends, I believe every one of you desires for a joyous life, that, that the joy is always there, regardless of time, place, circumstances. The truth is, our Heavenly Father wants everyone on this earth, everyone in this sanctuary, to have a joyous life, not only on earth, but also eternally in heaven. To have such a joyous life, we need to build a relationship with our God. We need to know Jesus and receive Him as our Lord and Savior if we have not already done so. And we need to continue to rejoice in our Lord always. And we need to obey the guidance, the leading of our Lord, our God, and accept His arrangements. And also we need to live a life of giving. Our dear Heavenly Father, we thank you and praise you. Please accept our humble prayer this morning and bestow your blessing on each and every one of us. Give us that which is joyous in this world and fill our hearts with love and compassion for our fellow human beings. And let us go out also to spread the good news, to really share the true meaning of Christmas, 
so more people get to know our Lord Jesus Christ and be able to enjoy this lasting joy, salvation. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.